0: Welcome to an all-new weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom, Zoom style, style. <laughs> along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on Twitter and the Insta at CK80. Once again as CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can get this podcast along with our other programming from Warp Media. Just search for War on Anchor. We'll kick you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Wherever you download your podcasts, please download War, search for War on Anchor and search for Sega City Sports. And we're also on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please download the iHeartRadio app. When you do, please type in the search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can see our our lovely faces. Like right now, be watching us on YouTube.
1: And you can can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram.
2: And you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter.
0: All right, folks, let's kick off this weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style with the Bears win. The Bears played on Thursday night. They were the top, the only game in town on Thursday night football on Fox as they defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and Company, 2019 at Soldier Field. The Bears got off to another slow start, but started to come along in, at, toward the end of the first half. The second half saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers collapse. The Bears' offense sort of started to pick up. The defense held his own in the second half, which led to the game winning field goal by Cairo Santos for the one. For the 2019 victory, which I just mentioned, let's break down this game, crew. Lamont, I'll start with you. Let's start with the first half. Uh, the uh, I, I swear to you on my life that I thought that I was watching last week's game against the Indianapolis Colts. But as I mentioned in my short open, the Bears finally put a touchdown on the board with that one, that great one-handed catch by Jimmy Graham. But the the first quarter didn't look so hot.
2: Yeah, Sid, uh, one, you got to give Tampa Bay defense credit. There ain't no slouch, so they're pretty good to begin. And two, it started off like that. It was like the play calling was real conservative, so to speak. They didn't really know, you know, did they want to go deep, did they want to take shots, did they mm-hmm. want to be conservative. They, it's like they was playing not to mess up. And when they play like that, they tend to mess up, and it'd be a real slow mm-hmm. game, it'd be a slow situation. And they don't do a lot, so I think that's why it started out that way. And, and as you said a second ago, uh, we had spoke about it too on uh, Monday. The defense had to show up, and they did. I'm so happy that they did. Uh, a shout out to that rookie. He was playing. They was picking on him all night, but he held his own out there. So uh, Khalil Mack. I heard his name so much. I was I was excited. That was the most I heard his name all year. So I was excited with that. So. Oh, well, I mean, I was happy with it. You know, that that first half, like you say, was shaky, but the second half was beautiful.
1: They haven't played a complete game yet. And, look, it was good to hear Khalil Mack's name a lot yesterday, the way he body slammed that 1-0 line. But if you look at, you know, Tampa, like, they only had like, one, like, healthy starting offensive player. You know, Mike Evans, you can tell at the end of the game, he could barely walk. And Larry Fournette was only going to be used as an emergency back. So, yeah, of course, you don't want to take away, look, Nick Foles. I mean, he was able to shake off some of the, uh, the rust from earlier. But at the same time, though, once again, you get you get lucked out. I'm sorry. The out, look, everybody, look, I've I, I heard it like all morning on Chicago Sports Radio say, hey, Reform, no, don't complain. Look, like there's a reason why a lot of people in, in the nationally don't take you seriously. There's a reason why. It's consist- inconsistencies of that of everybody in the games, especially for the first five weeks of the season. Look, we'll talk more about it on Monday, but you know that Carolina team—it's not necessarily an easy win now. So, I think for me, look, okay, fine, you're four and one, but again, you're but again, you're a deceptive four and one. I want to focus
0: in on Nick Foles. Of course, he didn't have the greatest game, but he did what he had to do to win the game for the Bears offensively. Uh, going back to what you just said, Lamont, uh, that play calling was questionable, again, especially during that first quarter. And during that first quarter when Tampa Bay got that first touchdown on the board, I believe it was by Mike Evans, but was off the Nick Foles turnover, and Allen Robinson who tipped the ball. I know he was trying to go for a jump ball catch there, but in that situation, you had to knock the ball down. Now, uh, that same situation came up again in that fourth quarter when. When rookie wide receiver Darnett Mooney, uh, the D ball was thrown up towards him. It was, it was uncatchable, but he came back to the area of the ball and knocked it down on the, the, from the defender. Shout out to Davis, uh, uh, the defensive back for Tampa Bay, who snatched the ball out of Robinson's hands. That was the second time that's happened to Robinson this year. Of course, if you, re- if you remember a couple of weeks ago against the Giants, Berry, the defensive back, took the ball out of Robinson's hands. The, the, that's twice now. So Robinson has to know. I know he's trying to. Uh, uh, he's getting paid to catch balls, which he's done a great job this year. But in situations like that, you, when you know you can't, you're not in a position to catch the ball cleanly, you have to knock it down way from the defender.
2: Yeah, um, and, and, and 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 speaking of the wide receivers, Daniel Moody. Moody played a wonderful game. I, I mean, he's been showing me some stuff. He's he's actually passing Anthony Miller, but Anthony Miller shows up to make the big catches. So. If that's how it's going to mm-hmm. work, I can live with it like that. Mooney can catch all the balls and Anthony Miller catch the important ones, and as long as he continue to catch the important ones. And uh, them Tampa Bay defensive backs were playing football last night. That Dean character, he, he showed up a lot. So they was playing ball back there last night. There wasn't no pushovers at all back there. So, I mean, we're thankful to get out of that with a win. I, I was upset with a lot of the officiating. I think it was calling a lot of things that was truly unnecessary. And even with that uh, Jimmy Graham touchdown, that's, if he wouldn't have caught the ball, that should have been a fast interference. The man was hanging on his left arm. That's why he had to catch him with one arm. So it was like, y'all not calling the same calls both ways. So I was getting a little frustrated with some of that. Thing, but it all worked out in the end. But it could have it went bad real quick.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm glad you said that, Lamont, because I'm I'm hearing it from people like, oh, just be happy for the win and blah blah blah. No, um, look, like like I said before, I mean, you know, yeah, the other Bears had their chances too. I mean, you know, I think like what Miller dropped for sure, TD pass. I mean, he got that the ball worked away from from Dean or they wait a minute, Robinson, I forgot. Uh, But I mean, look, you know, Nick Foles didn't make too many mistakes, and I guess that's fine. It's an okay, it gets a pretty good. (laughs) Tampa defense. <laughs> but but again, like I've been saying, I mean, you know, you look on the other side of it, I mean, why did they run the ball? I mean, Ronald Jones it, he had like 108 rushing yards like why didn't they keep, keep giving them all to him i mean apparently tom brady forgot it was you know how many downs there were like i guess like when i guess his old age is starting to catch up to him i mean <laughs> like, come on like for you you're okay no one told you like an account so look there was a lot there's a lot of luck that went on here and like you said Lamont. i mean on both sides i mean there was a lot of inconsistencies i mean there's no way shack barrett committed like a uh, roughing the passer penalty on Foles. So that just that should not have been roughing the passer. That I don't know where, like where is the consistency? It's it's been like that all season, unfortunately, for some of these games. But I mean, okay, yeah, fine, yeah, okay, you won. But again, you're showing you're you know you're, it's your your play, and people are seeing why a lot of the national pundits are not taking you guys seriously.
2: No, ain't nobody. You take them serious. Like I mean, if the playoffs started tomorrow, how far do you think we would go? I mean, we're not going very far. And you mentioned Brady in the four-finger situation. I think he simply forgot what down it was. People make mistakes. He forgot. You know, he simply forgot. And that happens. But what do you think them uh, making a slight big deal about him not shaking Nick Foles' hand again? Like, you think that was like, is that is that something personal? Or is that something that, you know, he's doing now for everybody? And even if he used it as I ain't touching because of the COVID situation, that means he got to go the rest of the year. And, you know, last week he did shake Justin Herbert's I mean, when they beat uh, the Chargers, he uh, tapped Justin Herbert on the helmet. So is it a Nick Foles thing? So maybe Brady was just so frustrated. I know they got a shot of him breaking his uh, micro pad thing. He broke his surface on the sideline. So maybe he was just so frustrated that he didn't want to take Nick Foles' hand after the game. And maybe he know he should have beat the Bears. I think that's his first time ever losing to the Bears. I think he's like 5-0 or something to the, against the Bears. So, I mean, he probably was a little upset.
0: Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sidney Brown. You're listening to Second City Sports Weekend Edition as we review Thursday night's game between the Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, the Monsters of the, of the Midway escaping with a 2019 victory to improve their record to 4-1 and one on the season can I'll start with you. Let's go back to that Bears offense in the running game. Of course, on the stat sheet, it, it didn't look pretty. David Montgomery only 10 carries for 29 yards. but It was very nice to see him get his first rushing touchdown of the season. The whole entire Bears team, that will their first rushing touchdown of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, why isn't he giving, getting the ball more? That, that, look, we've been saying this all year so far. I mean, especially in that last drive that led him to ultimately, you know, ended up, you know, winning the, the game-winning field goal. But, again, you, you were trying to throw. When you could have gotten the touchdown, you could have given him the ball. He was rushing just fine. So, I'm, I'm like, wait, what are you doing? So, I mean, if the Bears want to get taken seriously, if they want to go far, they're going to have to feed him the ball. And Montgomery has showed that he's sort of that big, big bruising, you know, running back that, you know, the Bears have coveted. So, I don't know why he doesn't get the ball more.
2: Because Matt Nagy feel like he wasn't brought here to run the ball. You remember he said last year to us, he told you he wasn't brought here to run the ball. I think we're gonna have to learn to accept that. He's just not gonna do it, and, and you know, and that's him.
0: Well, of course, the Bears took a 14 and 13 lead at halftime. And let's shift over to the second half. Lamont, I'll start with you. You brought it up a few minutes ago. Tom Brady and company. Uh, they were frustrated. There, It was getting chippy between the Buccaneers and the Bears, especially in that third quarter where Tampa Bay was driving, but they had all these penalties. Some of them were questionable. Some of them were not. But Tom Brady, uh, we were talking about this like, before the start of the season where NFL players should have been mic'd up or not because in many of these stadiums they still have no fans, including here in Chicago. Number 65 for Tampa Bay. I forgot his name, but when the the office of a false start was called on him. Brady was steaming mad at him on the sidelines, and I would love to be a trainer or a coach or a teammate or a hidden microphone on Tom Brady because he went off last night and rightfully so because Tampa Bay was driving. You could sense that they were trying to put the game away in that second half, It's just everything in that third quarter for Tampa Bay just went from bad to
2: worse. And one of the reasons I think he was so upset, Sid, was because I don't think Brady has been hit as much as he was hit last night in a very long time. You know, they was in Brady face all night, man. I mean, like, they was getting next mm-hmm. to him. And so he knew he couldn't afford mistakes like false starts. He knew false mm-hmm. starts beat me. And I don't think he's accepted losing yet. I don't think he can ever accept it or get used to it. So he, he, he probably gonna still do more blow up like that because he don't like losing. So. Are they gonna get the act together, or is he
1: gonna be blowing up like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of like Ryan Jensen is the name, and we don't look—we're not supposed to know who you are in, in the O line unless you're really good. And like I said, I mean, Jones is like the only like I, said, like, been, like I said, like Ronald Jones is the only like healthy you know offensive player besides Brady that they've had. I mean, that O line has been depleted, so I mean. Of course, the Bears were going to feast and, you know, Mac was going to eat whoever. I think it was Jensen that was up against Mac for, for lunch. So, I mean, I wouldn't blame Tom Brady. Like, I didn't have to deal with this in New England. But, I mean, it, it's sort of like, again, the Brakes, you know, fell the Bears way again. And, I mean, like I said, I don't know why they didn't run the ball more either. Like I said, Jones, like uh, he had like about 108, 109 rushing yards. So I don't know why they didn't run the ball more. I mean, they could have milked, could have milked some clock. And perhaps, maybe it would have been a blowout. But I don't know. So again, it's, again, it's going to be one of those wins to sort of you're, you look one of the games you look back and say if this hadn't happened or if this hadn't happened. But that's just my own little thing.
2: Let me ask you a question, Kena. So, all right, they already got half as many games as they won last year. So if they continue to stumble through teams like this and they end up with a 12 win season or a 13 win season, I mean, how would we look at our bears at that point? Did it was it a good year? Or did we get lucky all year? I mean, at some point we got to stop saying it's luck and it's just winning ugly. It's like the 83 White Sox. They just win it ugly.
1: People were saying that about the Packers last year though. Yeah. That's just saying. I mean, like, I don't. They're not going to win 12 or 13 games. I already—that's not happening. So I don't. It's—it's a, it's a moot point to even ask.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think, uh, go ahead, Lamont. I just—I don't think the better season start until we uh, beat Green Bay. And once we beat Green Bay, then then a person may take them serious. So, but until we beat Green Bay, I don't think no one's gonna really take them serious.
0: I kind of want to piggyback off that point, Lamont. Of course, they play Green Bay on after Thanksgiving, the second half of the schedule. I had—I I swear, one of y'all is picking my brain this morning. Just over a half hour ago, I was thinking about this before we started recording today, and I said, "What happens to the Bears? This is their formula of winning all year." Remember, right. two thousand and one, the Mike Brown season, as I call it. Uh, uh, you know, he had those uh, unbelievable uh, pick-six finishes against San Francisco in Cleveland. Of course, that team came out of nowhere and won 13 games. Jerron, the head coach at the time got a contract extension after that. It was year three of his regime. And so that season kind of saved his job. And that was, of course, that was the last uh, year of old Soldier Field before they played down there in Champaign in, in the following season. Yeah. I'm not going to say I kind of get the sense of 2001 from this team. We need to see more, but I would not be surprised if this team, even though this defense right now in 2020 is way better than that 2001 defense. That 2001 defense was an opportunistic defense. It wasn't a dominating defense, but it was good enough to win them games. Now, this go-around, the offense is a little bit better than 2001. It is not where it wants to be yet, but this defense in 2020 is way better than that
2: 2001 team. Yeah, and with that being said, that defense, we always said the defense, if they play up the part is able to take us places. So, if we can just mm-hmm. get that consistent play from Nick Foles, I mean, I like that he attempts to go downfield. That's beautiful. I like that he tries to push it downfield mm-hmm. from time to time. So, I mean, we could stumble through the season winning like this. I looked at the schedule this morning and it was like, we can win ugly all the way through. Like, The game coming up with Carolina, we're gonna probably have to win it ugly. I think McCaffrey coming back, so we're gonna get tested. So we're gonna probably have to win that ugly. So I mean, we might stumble in the ten or eleven wins like that, man.
1: You need to think be be more logical here, Lamont. You're 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 thinking too much like a fan. You have to think like a logical, logical. (laughs) well, no, 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 no. The problem is, is that the defense has not played a consistent. You can't play like first. You can't like have like off quarters and then expect to like come back and do big plays. It does the NFL doesn't work like that, especially in today's NFL. So if your offense, you know, is terrible and then like the, the or mediocre, well, they're not terrible. They're they're mediocre at, you know, at best. But, Like yeah, your defense has to, you know, you know save you. Look, we've seen this before with other Bears teams. It doesn't all. It comes back to bite you in the butt, and I think this is going to oh. happen here. So we'll see what happens. But look, they got a pretty tough schedule for the rest of the way. So I'm not look. Can they win 10, 11 games? Sure, but I'm not. Ba- I'm not banking on it.
2: Oh no, I wouldn't bet on it. You. you. Hear me say that. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, winning ugly seems to be a formula for them right now. So we gonna see.
0: Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont, Scott, I am Sidney Brown. You're listening to Second City Sports Weekend Edition as we review the Chicago Bears' victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Soldier Field 2019 for the Bears to improve their record to 4-1 and one from Thursday Night Football. Guys, let's focus in back on the second half in the defense. Lakina, I'll start with you, and I'll, I'll kick this question around uh, to you and Lamont. Khalil Mack's name was being called a, a lot on Thursday night, as Lamont mentioned earlier. Uh, he had two sacks and three quarterback hurries. It should have been three sacks if it wasn't for an offsetting penalty there late in the game. Keena, I'll, I'll ask this question to you. Is Khalil Mack back, or do you need to see a little bit more sampling before you, before you say that – before you say give him back the title as, as one of the best defensive players in the league?
1: Well, he, he showed you why yesterday, though, right? But at the same time, though, I think mm-hmm. we need to see more of it's – before we can say that, okay, yeah, this is why. Yes, they did show you why, but again, we haven't heard his name much all year. So we need to see more of that Khalil Mack.
2: Yeah. Um, no, I-, I wouldn't say back. I mean, I would say it was good to hear his name. I'm not going to say he back at close to Aaron Donald for him or nothing like that. I mean, he, you know, he did what he was supposed to do last night. I mean, that's what he's supposed to do. That's why we traded for him. That's why we gave him the money. That's what he's supposed to do. But I think another thing, I was looking at one of the stats, like I think they had like 19 quarterback hurries on Brady and they got like 16 of them mm-hmm. with just the front line. So if they can continue to press every team like that, then he will be back. But that remains to be seen. Will they get next to Bridgewater this week coming up like that? So I'm looking forward to see if he's back or was it a fluke?
0: I think I'm not going to say Khalil Mack is all the way back yet. Uh, I, I guess I'm saying this differently, but I'm kind of with you guys on the boat. Uh, I need to see more. It was nice that he showed up on Thursday night. But like you said, we need to see more, especially against a better opponents. Like you mentioned, Lamont, with that schedule coming up at Carolina next week, and then two weeks from now you're at Los Angeles against the Rams on Monday night football. I, I believe the week after that you have the Saints back here in Chicago. But okay. I think Khalil Mack – I think Khalil Mack is starting to come back. But like you guys said, I, I need to see more. But let's let's keep it real here. He's been double teamed and triple teamed all year. And, and I know uh, there's some instances where calls need to be made for offensive linemen uh, holding him and things of that nature. Yes, but he still needs to find a way to get it done. I think he's starting to turn around, but we need to see more. Uh, the defensive backs for the Bears, you guys. Kyle Fuller. Uh, created that turnover uh, with that big hit, which led to the Bears uh, uh, scoring. I believe it led led to the Jimmy Grant touchdown. Uh, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know it did lead to a score. But the Bears, uh, the defensive backs, even though this is an offensive lead, they love to get physical. And Kyle Fuller uh, showed that with that big hit on Thursday night.
2: Yeah, I'm glad they got a flag. I just knew he was going to get a flag. I just knew they was going to take it from him. Because it was clean, but Mm -hmm. the NFL is so ticky-tacky now, so I thought they would take it from us, but that was the perfect way to play defense. That's the perfect way to tackle. He did a wonderful job. The rookie doing a great job on the other side, and if they can continue to hold up like that and allow Eddie Jackson to pick around in the back and show up, then, I mean... You know, maybe they'll play up the part, man. Like, you know, they're supposed to be uh, an above-average defense. They need to show it every game, not just against Tampa Bay. And if you remember, remember Monday when we was talking on the show, I asked y'all, has the Bears been holding off that defense for this game? And will the defense show up and play like that in this game? Because it's Brady and was they playing down to the competition? But, you know, we'll see next week.
1: Yeah, I'm glad they picked that that ball up. That was a uh, that hit that Fuller Lay was a, a clean, you know, typical like eighties hit. And it it didn't it was with the shoulders, it was with the head. So I'm glad they picked up the flag there. There were some other penalties that you're sort of like, okay, why are you calling that? But okay, whatever. But uh I mean, look like I like I said, the consistency. I need more consistency from this defense before I, I'll 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 give them cookies or a bouquet. I mean, look, look. I mean, if look, Jalen, uh, Jalen Jackson has, has actually been playing very well. I mean, if he could keep doing that, I mean, you know, great. I mean, if, you know, Eddie Jackson, I mean, I heard his name like once or twice, but I need to hear his name more. So yeah, that secondary, though, I think is going to be the key here as we get through this, the rest of the season. Jalen Jackson
2: doing better than Prince was doing, I can tell you that much. He's not getting lit up like Prince was getting lit up over there, so – He's doing better already. Well,
1: he just signed with Arizona, ironically,
2: so <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. And with Arizona, I see, so. Yeah, like you said, rookie defensive back Jalen Johnson, he had another great game on Thursday. I know Mike Evans caught a, a touchdown pass, but like of like mentioned earlier in this broadcast, uh, he was uh, limping around toward the end of that game. So you had to admire him for his courage, but the Bears defensive backs did a heck of a job on the Tampa Bay wide receivers last night. Now, Tyler Johnson. He was the only one that showed up for Tampa Bay, as far as a wide receiver were concerned. He had a good game, but outside of that, uh, you didn't hear much from Tampa Bay. Now, in the beginning of the game, uh, re- regarding Tampa Bay, I thought their running game was about to take off, and I said, uh, looking at this Bear defense, I, 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 they're they're not they didn't break, but they were uh, on the edge of breaking, especially after what happened last week against the Indianapolis Colts. Ronald Jones was just running up and down the Bears defensive line during that first half. But as you guys mentioned, the Bears defense, uh, um, head coach Matt Nagy made the adjustments at halftime, and that defense showed up in that second half.
2: I think Brady found something out on, uh, as far as Tampa Bay go. I think he found something with his two tight ends, with uh, Gronk and Bray. I think that might be how Tampa Bay attack going forward and use Mike Evans only for those goal line big plays. Cause he uh, he looked it pretty successful going to them two tight ends, so I think he may have figured something out going forward with Tampa Bay. And if we see them again, he might have a bad taste in his mouth if we happen to run into them later on down the road.
0: Nakia?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of like, hmm. Oh, okay. I mean, look, it it was obvious at Tampa that that Tampa offense wasn't healthy. I mean, the defense did what they could, but they. They let some. They had some big plays go go by the wayside. So, I, I mean, look, could they? Could we see them again in the playoffs? Maybe I don't know. But with everything going on, it might be a while before. With everything going on, so again, we'll see. I mean, it, it's 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 going to be interesting.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, one last question about uh, the Bears game on Thursday before we move on to bigger issues, as LaKenny mentioned uh, in the National Football League. In your, your guys' mind, who deserves more credit for Thursday night's win for the Bears, head coach Matt Nagy or quarterback Nick Foles? Or the, I'll throw this third option in there, the Bears' defense. I'll start with you, Lamont. Uh, I'm going to
2: go with the Bears' defense and the defensive coordinator. Because he kept them in there. and, he, and he, I mean, even though, like, Chapagano. like LaKenna said, they didn't play a complete game, but they kind of showed up when they had to. And that's, you know, as far as if you compare it to how the offense didn't show up at all pretty much in the first half and there was some questionable calls going on in the first half. So I would I would have to give it to the defense. I mean, they uh, they showed up a little bit. What is I'll name? Say, What, what
1: I'll say- Go ahead, again. No, 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 no. You finished your thought, uh, Lamont.
2: Mario Edwards, that's his name. Uh, who was the other uh, linebacker getting in there all night? It was it was another one getting in there all night. I can't think of his name right now, but it wasn't just Khalil. Thanks Mayer. for
0: the He had a good game last night.
2: Yeah, I actually, I heard his name a few times also. So, yeah, I would give it to the defense.
1: I'll give it to Polls because he didn't make any mistakes late.
2: He missed that one in the first quarter,
1: though. That th- at third and two. Ooh, well, I got well it. At the well, the defense had a bad start too. So again, because yep. like, he's on both sides. <laughs> so that's. A, I'll, look, I'll, look, I'll say I'll give Nick Foles credit. I mean, look, he was able to kind of shake off those early mistakes and was able to get the Bears in field goal range. And ultimately, Cairo Ky- Santos ended up winning the game with a field goal, but also say flukiness too.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So I would say I would say Foles were a little bit of fluke.
0: Yeah, you brought up some great points looking about by Nick Foles. He did what he had to do, especially on that last drive of the game. But I had to go with the Lamont in the defense because they totally turned it around in the second half. That first half, uh, if you're a Bears fan, uh, you watching that game in the first half, uh, I'm sure many uh, panic thoughts ran through people's minds saying, oh, here we go again, just like last week against Indianapolis and Tampa Bay was almost at the door of putting this game away. Especially early in that third quarter, but that Bears defense uh, stood tall and they got pressure on Brady, created a couple of turnovers, had a, a five sacks I think total for the game, and they, they turned turned around. That's what helped them set up uh, the short field for the for the Bears offense. So I agree with with Lamont here. I give that uh, the credit for for last night's win to the Bears defense.
1: All right, so let's talk to the, about. Then NFL as a whole, a lot of crazy things going on. Um, I think in total, what, about 14 or 15 players of personnel have tested positive for COVID on the, in the Titans' side? Now, now Stefan Gilmore for the Patriots, he tested positive earlier this week, and now comes word that someone from the Jets, although they're not saying whether or not it was a player or a personnel person, everyone's been sent home. The Cardinals are supposed to be going to New York They've been told to put that trip on hold. There's already been one game that's already been rescheduled. What do you get? What, what do you guys think has been going on here? I mean, the Bills and Times they have already been rescheduled for Tuesday. Now you yeah, got Broncos and Patriots. Now it's going to be Monday nighters, or I don't. Yeah, that was supposed to be a Monday nighter. So I I'm gonna Monday nighter my game. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think it's something we're going to have to get used to. I think it's a situation where a lot of games are going to be moved around. I mean, if we want to get through it, this is what they're going to have to do to do it. So I think a lot of games are going to get moved around. I think they may take a nervous approach going towards the end of the season like baseball did and try to put everybody in one place to make sure they get their playoffs in or something like that. But I think they're going to do what they got to do to try to push through regardless. I mean, that could be really dangerous, and that could be, you know, some would say irresponsible, but I think they're going to push through as much as they can to make it happen because I think a lot of people is depending on them to make it through.
0: As I mentioned before, before the season started, the NFL is is, is called the Shield for a reason. They'll power this thing through uh, through anything. And as I said before, this also said before the season started, uh, people expected things to go smoothly without a hitch. Uh, that's not happening now. As I said, uh, you'll have some minor bumps here and there in the road. On the in the road, but I think they'll get through this as well. Now, y- if you see about four or five sixteens, like with the tight situation we're experiencing right now, uh, a quarter of your organization or in or your roster uh, having this COVID outbreak, you're. The, Things could get worse if you have an entire outbreak throughout the league, or even half the league. It's going to be a problem. If, if you're the NFL, you definitely do not want to get to that point. I, I know it's it's, it's a, 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 how can I put it this? I know it's a stress level for them to go through this now, but you rather go through this now and, and, and have compared to have the so, uh, the scenario I just said just a minute ago. So, like you said, Lamont. They, all these teams were told when the schedule came out in May, should, should situations like this happen, games could and will get moved around. So, And that's what we're seeing right now. As now, as far as the Tennessee Titans are concerned, they're, from what I've read and what I've been hearing uh, from this past week, I'm sure you guys heard the same thing as well. They're just stupid. As I uh, say on this show, how dumb can you be, be, be? you holding practice workouts outside of your bubble and you, you have a greater risk of catching this virus, you deserve what happens to you. Now, I was listening to a, a national sports radio show last night, and I don't know if I'm a native on this podcast, but one of the hosts was, was saying that the Titans should they be found guilty of this, which it sounds like they are going to be. I know the NFL has put uh, tighter restrictions on the COVID uh, safety protocols, that you'll lose draft picks, perhaps four or On games. Um, if it was me running the National Football League, the Titans – would have to forfeit games until their players are ne- uh, negative for more than two weeks. I know in real time they can't. Uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League, cannot do that uh, swiftly because you know you have uh, potential legal battles. Of course, you have the players' union, the NL- NFLPA, who will have to get involved as well. So I'm sure that's why he hasn't acted quickly. But if it was me, the Titans would start forfeiting games. You can't just let stuff like this go on without being checked. And you saw what happened to the Miami Marlins in baseball early in the year. You saw what happened to the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, of course, uh, Commissioner Rod Manfred uh, had to had to, uh, iron fist and put his foot down and say uh, to the rest of the Major League Baseball, if you don't follow these protocols, the season could be in jeopardy. Uh, it's something that Commissioner Roger Goodell will have to do right now. I know, like I mentioned before, they – have stricter guidelines as of this moment, but if the uh, you can't just let the Titans off the hook here. They, they went off and did their own thing, and this should be a, uh, a swift penalty coming. It should be a heavy fine that a swift penalties coming. It should be.
1: Yeah, I think there will be. I think there will be, especially... With like you said, after what happened with the Marlins and the Cardinals, and they find mm-hmm. coaches for not wearing their masks properly or wearing face shields, so I think he, mm-hmm. I think Roger Goodell will drop the hammer on him. I just think at this point, look, we're trying to stay on schedule here, and look what, okay, Cam Newton looks like that was nice. isolated incident, also Stephon Gilmore as well. We'll see what the story is with the the Jets player personnel personnel member, then like then I say who it mm-hmm. is. Who, yeah. did the positive, who did a positive earlier this morning? We we're on, you we recorded on a Friday, but uh, it sounds like there mm-hmm. was some reckless behavior, you know, with the Titans. So I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm 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 sure I'm sure look, I'm sure he'll like, Goodell will lay the hammer down and say, look, you look, we're still in the middle of a pandemic here, guys. You can't be reckless. You can't do these kind of things. I mean, wear your mask, wash your hands, keep distant, and the rest of your personnel people make sure everything's wiped clean and sanitized and everything else. I mean, thankfully it hasn't happened with any other teams yet, but if you don't want to, everything to go haywire, I would suggest. We're, we're approaching the quarter through the season. You know, let, let's let's. Mm-hmm. I know they already sent out a letter saying that, look, this is what you do. We're trying not to have to shut down and do a bubble type situation. So we'll see what happens. And,
2: and you see, they should take a note from the college. You see, the SEC told them people, they go, man, we ain't playing no games with y'all. Let somebody break out down here. It's going to be problems. So maybe they'll need to take a look at how they running stuff. They talking about it's going to be problems if they test positive. So Maybe he needs to send one of those letters out. I mean, he already ruled with an iron fist. He needs to throw some iron out there right now and let him know.
1: Oh, Greg techies are look he don't play that mess. So I I I've <laughs> I've seen him in action. He he don't play that mess. So yeah, I believe him when he's I saw I saw that too. I'm not, I believe him when he says, Look, y'all nah, don't even try it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he was like, Look, it ain't happening. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. I was like, I was watching the network. I was like, yes, tell them, man, it's not going to happen down here. So we going to see.
1: All right. So All right. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second, Sid. <clears throat>
0: No, I was just trying to set it up because you have our results, and we're about to go into our week five NFL picks.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Jason did gain a couple of games with his uh, some of his upset picks. I didn't get his picks for this week. Yeah. I'm still waiting on But hopefully, you know, he'll send them at some point. And I will – I'll probably post them once, you know, this thing gets posted. But okay. Sid, you're still in the lead, you know, Yep, uh, Lamont, you're, you're a game back, and so am I. And Jason actually is three games back now because he gained a couple of uh, spots. So, yeah, so, you know, we're all still very close. So, no one's pulling away. Yeah, maybe. I didn't have
0: my yeah I didn't have my greatest week last week, but I'm
2: glad to yeah. you know I'm still hanging on the first yeah, place.
1: Well, look, we didn't either. So, like I said, Jason. Yeah. Everybody, everybody a, started yeah, off Jason. this
2: week with a loss. So, everybody started off this week with a loss. So, we good.
1: <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get the music going. All right, we're already at week five, gentlemen. All right, now these are subject to change, obviously, but uh, first game, out, uh, you got the Rams and Washington. Washington decided to make a switch of quarterback. Dwayne Haskins, bye-bye. Kyle Allen, you're in. And also Alex Smith's <laughs> on number two. So what do you think about that, and what do you think about – what's your prediction?
2: Uh, I'm going with the Rams. I mean, <laughs> even if they didn't switch quarterbacks, I would go with the Rams. But uh, that quarterback switch is interesting. What, they're giving up in two years? It's over? The, the, the Haskins experiment is done? Yeah, that's
0: really, that's really saying something, if that's the case, Lamont. But I think Washington will play a little bit better. I want to see the front line of the Washington football team get pressure on uh, Jared Goff. But I don't know if that's going to be enough to upset the Rams. I'm going with the Rams, like you are, Lamont. Uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, he's running the ball very re- well right now for the Rams. Plus, Jared Goff is actually playing sound football. For the Rams to win, you got to have a solid running game, and Jared Goff, uh, he's almost like their Nick Falls. Um, uh, you can take shots down the field. Do not make mistakes. Of course, on the other side, as you mentioned this guy's name earlier, Lamont, Aaron Donald. I expect him to have it again. And we'll see if, if the Rams will do that. Going back on the East Coast for the third time this year, it's going to be tough for a minute, but uh, I do see the Rams squeaking out a win in, in our nation's
2: capital. would yeah. know what I would like to see in that game also? Uh, the return of the original Mitch Trubisky. I mean, I want to see Alex Smith get in that game. I, I really do. I want to see him get in. We still got something in the tank. So, uh, I mean, I don't want the other guy to get hurt or nothing, but I do want to see Alex Smith get in the game.
1: We'll see if that happens. Um, like I said, with the travel and some of that, 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 and the Washington front seven, which we've raved about all year, I think they'll keep it close. But like you said, they Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald made the plays late. That Rams offense is looking great. I'm going to pick the Rams, and a close one, but they'll pull away late. All right, the second. All right, our second noon slate game. We got the Eagles and the Steelers. Uh,
2: I'll start. I am going with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I simply don't believe in the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, yeah, they're in first place, right? But but I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how are they in first place? But um, I, I don't think they would beat Pittsburgh. I think Ben Roethlisberger returns, continues to return, and Pittsburgh continues to win that battle of the state.
0: Yeah, Philadelphia got lucky last week. They decided to wake up in the fourth quarter. They stole a victory from the Jaws of Defeat at San Francisco on Sunday night. They're still dealing with injuries. I don't like their defense. On the other side, as you mentioned, Lamont, Big Ben, he's almost all the way back. And Pittsburgh's defense is better than what people get it credit for. I know they haven't stepped up a lot this year, but they're starting to work through some things. And plus the game's at home, even though there's no fans. With that being said, I'm going with the Steelers.
1: I The Steelers, I mean, they look, like I said, speaking of luck, the Eagles looked out on that game against the 49ers last week. So I am going to pick the Steelers, and the Steelers will win pretty handily. Now, we don't know if this game is going to go on a schedule. You know, the Cardinals are not in New York yet. They haven't even left New York for New York yet. So, again, we'll still, you know, pick it because, you know, that's what we do here. Cardinals and the New York Jets. They
2: they may not have to show up to win that one. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Whenever they decide to show up, and especially if Prince gonna be on the plane, they're they, they gonna win, you know. So, they, 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 I'm going with Arizona.
1: I mean, Arizona, well, Prince and Michael. no, he won't be able to play until the next week. So, the- exactly. exactly the way it works because he's they, they, they signed him late. But, uh, I'm gonna pick the Cardinals, even if they, wherever they, where they, whether they play this either Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, we get two Tuesday Tuesday-nighters. I don't
2: think it's going to matter. They
1: can play it on Madden. The Cardinals are going to still win. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so. I think Cardinals will have a big day, and whatever they play, I think the Cardinals will win it pretty handily. I know whatever they decide to play, they may play late, who knows, which will probably be better for the Cardinals anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the Cardinals are back on the East Coast again for the second consecutive week. They lost their last two games to sub 500 teams. I think they learned their lesson. This should be a quote unquote give wrap victory. They're going to have to earn this one whenever they play Lakina, As of right now, they'll play this Sunday. I'm going with the Cardinals. They have a better offensive unit than the Jets do. The Jets' defense is not that great. Arizona should be focused and they should walk out of there with a victory.
1: All right, an one here in the AFC West. You got the Las Vegas Raiders and the undefeated Chiefs.
2: Mm 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 mm. I am. (laughs) I'm going with Kansas City until somebody beat them. <laughs> I mean, and I don't think the Raiders is that team. Yeah, the Raiders got lucky and beat the Saints, but that's what. <laughs> <not. laughs> <laughs>
1: oh boy! No, uh,
0: the Raiders are a little bit better than what people give them credit for. I know uh, they lost uh, to Buffalo. I know that that score. Don't let that final score fool you. Even though I did pick the Raiders last week, but that's revisionist history. Uh, they had to go on back on the road. Uh, in a hostile environment, even though there won't be as many fans in Kansas City, but still it's a division game on the road. Uh, I'm with Lamont. until somebody beats Kansas City. I'm going ahead and take the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, same. I mean, it's hard. I, I didn't like what I saw from the UFC for the Raiders the last couple of weeks. I'm going to pick the Chiefs, too, begrudgingly. <laughs> All right. In the AFC South, you got the Jags and the Texans. Bill O'Brien, if you had Bill O'Brien as being the first coach to be fired, get his pink slip and your late card.
2: Yes, he has them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Royal Cornell Cornell takes over. Will that make a difference? Sid, you start.
0: I think it will because uh, if you read the stories uh, and heard our our friend of the show, our guy Sean Salisbury on his uh, local morning show in Houston, uh, players have been uh, yelling at him, i.e. J.J. Watt, and other players have been discontent with him for the past couple of seasons. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air. You play in the Jaguars. Uh, of course, uh, those two teams are division-wide. It's, at home. It, it's going to be a close game, but I see Houston with a breath of fresh air and their quote-unquote nemesis gone. I got the Texans winning the game. It's going to be
2: close, but I have Houston winning. Uh, I, I have a winning also, Sid, because their their problem for losing is gone. I mean, I think he was the reason they was losing. I think he was the reason mm-hmm. that the Shine was having a shaky season. JJ White down there beating up lockers and stuff. So yes, I think he was <laughs> excited to win. Hmm.
1: Yeah, we saw all those those stories that came out about Bill O'Brien. I think. Look, Lamar. This is not his first rodeo, so the, I think he'll bring a new energy and new focus. And I think I think the Texans will be inspired. I think Deshaun Watson will have his best game of the season. Defense will have their best game of the season. I think they, I think they win to get their first win of the season. All right, a good one. Yep. Here. All right, a good one here in the AFC North. AFC North, you got the Bengals and the Ravens.
2: on. I, 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 I love Joe Barrow, but. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson has mispracticed two or three times this week. So I don't know what's going on with him. But I know RG3 is ready to go if need be. So I think Baltimore should win that game, even with Lamar Jackson maybe not being 100%. And although they will have to win it, because Joe Barrow will try to take it. So, But I think Baltimore should pull it out.
0: Uh, don't put me down as this official pick, but wherever the point spread is, take Cincinnati. But for whoever wins overall, take Baltimore.
1: Yeah, I think they'll keep it close. The Bengals will. But I think the fact that not having an old line, I think it's going to get them. I think Mm -hmm. they're not, I don't think John Harbaugh is going to make sure his guys don't look ahead in this game. So I think they will, I think it'll be close. but I think the Ravens will win late. All right. NFC South, we got the Panthers and the Falcons, the winless Falcons. I'm
2: mad at I'll the start.
0: Bears, You're
1: mad about the Falcons. Go ahead, Go ahead
0: Sid. <laughs> I'll start. I'm going with the Falcons. Uh, I will be looking at this game via my computer. <laughs> of course, the Bears will be playing the Panthers next week, so I'll, you're surely begin to early look at the Bears' next opponent. With that being said, Atlanta didn't show up uh, for, for 60 minutes on Monday night against the Packers. Of course, Carolina had an impressive win against Arizona at home last week. Carolina has to go on the road uh, uh, to Atlanta in a division important division game. This is Atlanta's last chance, <coughs> excuse me, to put it all together. If they cannot get a win here, I think Matt uh, – uh, Dan Quinn will be your second head coach to get his link card in a pink slip. I'm not going going to say this is a gift wrap victory, but if this isn't close to a gift wrap victory for the Falcons, I don't know what is. So, with that being said, I'm going with the Falcons at home.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the Falcons uh, let me down by not scoring one more touchdown and covering that point spread the other night. So. <laughs> but, they
0: came very close, Lamont. They uh, came uh, very I mean, close and they would have scored.
2: He couldn't throw one yeah. touchdown? I was like, really? But uh, they should throw a couple more touchdowns against Carolina. They should beat Carolina. Like you say, this is close. They're going to get to a gift wrap, so they better win it. Or like you say, someone may be getting another pink slip before the season over.
1: I'm stepping out. I'm picking the Panthers. Like, I don't trust this um, Falcons team at this point. Like, Dan Quill will be the first – will be the second to coach to get his pink slip and link card, so – I'm picking the Panthers. Look, Teddy Bridgewater's been playing very well. Mike Davis actually leads the league in rushing, believe it or not. So and he was on our
0: team last year. Didn't do much.
1: <laughs> well, 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 we'll talk about him next week um, as they face the Bears. But right now, he had
2: seven carries for us, didn't he? Like seven
1: yeah. carries. Hold on now. Hold that thought. Uh, hold that thought for next week, Lamont. Um, I'm going to pick the. I pick the Panthers, and you know the Falcons will go zero five. I don't trust them anymore. Uh oh. Dolphins and <laughs> 49ers.
0: This is my upset. <laughs> Go ahead, Z. This is my upset special of the week. I'm going with the Dolphins. I know San Francisco, they gave, they came away to Philadelphia last Sunday night on national television. I don't know who's coming back from injuries, who is or who isn't. I know this for sure. Jimmy Garoppolo is not coming back soon. And, excuse me, and San Francisco has has had problems with their defense, especially all year long because of injuries. The offense is sputtering out of control. If you watched that fourth quarter, you saw it right there. I know that C.J. Beathard uh, came off the bench gave, to give the 49ers a little spark. But do you expect that to carry over to this Sunday's game? I don't think so. Miami's defense, even though it didn't show up in the second half in that loss against Seattle, I trust Miami more, and plus I got them a little bit more faith and then they'll play a full sixty-minute game. With that being said, I'm taking the Dolphins.
2: Man, Sid, this might be the game. That, this might be the game that allowed me to catch you. I don't think Miami can do it. Miami having some tool problems down there, man. Two in the background saying he's ready to play, and don't nobody know why he ain't playing. So. They got a little confusion going on around the locker room. So I'm going to go with San Francisco. They're going to get two more people back this week. And San Francisco, with the little spark you just mentioned from Beth, I- I'm going to have to go with the 49ers, man. So I'll be watching that with you. Yeah. All right, I'll be watching it
0: via my computer.
1: you am going to be watching the 49 I think the 49ers will win this too. I, I think, like you said, I mean, yes, Garoppolo is not going to be back yet, but they do get a couple of their guys back. I think Nick Mullins will get, even C.J. Bretton, I think that I'll probably go with him, and I, I think they're going to be okay. I, I think the Dolphins, like you said, Lamont, I don't, they're just not there yet. They'll nope. get close, though, but I don't think they're there yet. All right. Giants and Cowboys. Uh, I, I,
2: go ahead, I'll start. The Cowboys got to win, or Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys gotta win or Mike McCarthy might be getting the pink slips after one year. Because anytime your linebacker get on TV and say people don't play for 70 plays, I, I mean, I didn't even know how to react to that. I didn't even know what to say about that when he said that. Like he had the whole NFL looking at him like, what is he talking about? Like, did he really just tell on us like that? So uh, Mike McCarthy don't seem to have a hole or nothing in Dallas. Like, and I think he was such a great coach in Green Bay because he had a great quarterback. If not the best quarterback in the world up there in Green Bay, so it's showing now how much he needed Aaron Rodgers, and now not as much as Aaron Rodgers needing him. So I think Mike McCartney got a barn fire going on down there in Dallas, and Jerry Jones might not stand for it too long.
0: I'm going with I'm going with the Cowboys here because they are the better team. But the Dallas defense—they have to show up. Then this could be a quote unquote potential gift wrap victory. The Giants, uh, they did keep it close against the Rams last week. They actually had a chance to tie it on their last drive, but uh, Daniel Jones uh, threw an interception, so they ended the Giants' hopes right there. If the Dallas defense cannot get right against a bad Giants team who are in rebuilding role, then I'll, I don't know what to tell you. Dallas should almost sleep through a victory, but I want to see how the Dallas defense plays. And real quick before we get to the Kennedy's pick, Lamont, I know you're going to be sitting in front of your television watching uh, that game this Sunday. You know who's calling it that game for CBS? Dick Stockton? No, Tony Romo. No. Who? Yes.
2: Oh, but really, You know he's going to be showing all the
0: Cowboys love on Sunday. <laughs> uh, you know what, but they, they got to
2: win it. They, I'm going with them because they got to win
1: it. I'm going to pick the Cowboys because they should. I hope they don't. They'll give up, like, 500 or something yards again. I hope not. That defense needs to show up, but oh, we'll see. Okay, next up, in the 3-1 here in the AFC. Get got the Colts, 3-1 teams. You got the Colts and the Browns.
2: That was my hardest game of the week. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't – everybody was thinking Cleveland's back because they were playing against Dallas is what I'm thinking. So, I'm going to go with Indianapolis. To win this game, even though it's in Cleveland, right? I'm still gonna yes. go. With, I'm gonna go with Indianapolis defense on the road. I think they're gonna be able to figure out Baker and I think OJ. Uh, uh, uh he'll come back down to normal. And his normal was. Oh.
0: Lakina, before I give my pick, uh, Lakina, guess who's calling this game for CBS on Sunday?
1: Oh, our buddy Spiro, Odidas and Rm Marchaletta?
0: Yes, yes. Nice. So I'll definitely be watching this game via my computer. <laughs> I'm kind of like Lamont This is a toss-up game I know in Vegas It's a pick'em as we speak right now I want to get behind Cleveland But I'm going to go with my gut pick From earlier in the week I'm going with Indianapolis Of course What happened here in Chicago last week Swayed me to that I, want, I, want, I got to see a little bit more for Cleveland It wouldn't shock me if Cleveland won But I got to see more for the Browns And the Colts um, From their <clears throat> rankings first far as their defense is concerned They're for real So I'm going with the Colts on the road yeah, Amber.
1: I don't. Yeah, no, I don't you, think
0: they, they missing Nick
2: Chubb, right?
1: Yeah, Please? yeah, he's gonna be gone for a while, so that's, that's why I'm picking the Colts because yes, I don't think you'll be able to. They're not gonna be able to pull off those gimmicky gimmicky plays against Frank Wright's defense. You're not gonna be able to do it. So, I've been telling you all the Colts. are for real, they're gonna show you again. I'm glad our buddy Spiro and Adam we're gonna they're gonna get that game. About a three and one team should be a good one. All right, so they're better here. You got the Vikings and the Seahawks.
2: Lamont. Uh, Okay, uh, they're in Seattle, and I think the Russell Wilson MVP show continues. I mean, Minnesota has been up and down all year, probably won't have a good game till they play the Bears. So I'm going with Seattle uh, to win this game. I ain't going to say handily, but Seattle should win this game, and Russell Wilson should do what Russell Wilson does.
1: Oh, I think we lost it, but uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Just do my pick. Uh, I'm gonna. This is gonna be one of my upset. I think the Vikings, cause the Seahawks kind of showed you that maybe they get a little bit the hiccups a little bit. They probably, you probably say they probably should have lost that game against the Cowboys. Minnesota needs a get right game, so I think this might be the get right thing game for them. They've been up and down. Hopefully, they can turn the corner against the the Seahawks, and this is the, their way to do it. If they can get back to two and three, they can kind of like you know, get, get it started. So. If they right. run. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they give Dalvin Cook the ball, if that's been more effective right now. So I think if they let him, cause you know, the, the front seven for Seattle is okay, but not great. So I think if they feed Dalvin Cook, I think they'll do just fine. I think they can pull off the upset, but the mini yeah. upset, I should say.
2: Yeah, and I don't know why they went away from that. You know what I'm saying? Like they went away from that for some reason, but he. he that's a, that's a winning formula down there.
1: All right, so we'll go ahead and do one of these Sunday nighters since we're trying to establish this connection. Um, okay, you got Thursday. You got Denver and the Patriots.
2: Uh, is Cam back? Cam back, right?
1: No, he has to take off another week.
2: Okay. and um, Although I got a heartfelt Denver thing, I'm still going with New England, even with the backup. And, uh Denver still... They don't look like they got everything in place yet, so I, I'm not. I can't trust them. I just can't trust them.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I think Denver. They're not there yet, and I don't think they'll be there, especially the Lock, Locks good, is out too for a little bit. So I think look Hoyer. I think he'll be okay. Or whoever it ends up being, I think they'll be all right. And uh, yeah, so I, I think the the Patriots will win it again. So yeah. I think they'll do. Yeah, I think they'll they'll be just fine as we establish this connection back. We'll give him a second to set up. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be very interesting.
2: Although I do root for Denver for one person, the center is a relative, so I root for their center, Mr. Lloyd Kitchenberry. So
1: uh-huh.
2: I root I root for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what's your Vikings and a Seahawks pick?
0: I'm going with the Seahawks, even though Jamal Adams will be missing from this game. I do not trust Kirk Cousins on the road for the Vikings. I know that they won at Houston last week. They gave the ball to Dalvin Cook. If they continue to do that, I think they will have a chance. But as Lamont mentioned uh, ever since week two of this season, Russell Wilson is your MVP. Now, plus, I don't like that Vikings defense from this year. As we told you guys, even though I did pick them to win the NFC North, their defense was going to struggle this year. They almost scared they gave away to Houston on the road last week. So – If Russell Wilson continues to do his thing, I expect Seattle to come out out there with a tough win at home on Sunday night. So I'll go with the Seahawks.
1: All right, what about Broncos-Patriots?
0: This is a tough one to pick. Assuming that Cam Newton plays, I'm going with the Patriots. Jerry Stidham doesn't get it done for me. I know he looked good on his first touchdown drive last week, but he looked bad uh, in his last three series of the game against Kansas City last week. And Brian Hoyer... Even though he didn't mess it up, he didn't look that great either. So I'm assuming that Cam Noon's going to play. I'm gonna play it safe here and pick it the Patriots. Uh, the Broncos is rip, going to uh, be the quarterback again? Uh, that, that that team's a mess.
1: Well, I I think that, I think, I think uh, Cam's got to take off one more week before okay. the drug test, but I think it will. It shouldn't be an issue either against the Broncos though. All right, the other Monday Nighter: Char- Chargers and New Orleans. Yeah. Now y'all don't I'm going with the Saints. Saints. That's that's a smart pick, Sid. That's a smart pick. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh good grief. I'm going with the, I'm going with the Saints too.
2: Well, y'all already knew I was going with the Saints, son That's smart. I'm glad y'all knew that already, because yeah.
1: All right, they're going all, right, with- all right, real quick. Uh a Tuesday night are here. You got the Bills and the Titans. I'll start. I'm picking the Bills. I just don't think the Titans are gonna have enough. I was gonna pick them anyway, regardless, even though this crazy week they're having. So if mm-hmm. they play this game. I look. The Titans are not going to have the practice, so I would be surprised if the Bills win this pretty easily.
2: You know what? The Bills. I was picking the Bills regardless. If everybody was healthy on Tennessee team, I was picking the Bills. I mean, they, they got a great quarterback growing over there. So and he got great uh great relationship with his receiver right now. So I was going with Buffalo regardless.
0: Uh, I learned my lesson of going against Buffalo last week against the Raiders, and Buffalo came out of there with an impressive win on the road. Uh, Even if this game was being played on Sunday, Monday, next year, next millennium, I'm with you guys. Let's make it a clean sweep. I'm going with Buffalo. As you mentioned, Lamont, Josh Allen, that quarterback, he's growing up before our eyes. You have a number one wide receiver in Stephon Diggs who showed up last week in Oakland once again. And you have a – as I keep telling people you have a good – second-year running back named Devin Singletary. He should run yeah, through that Titans defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be the key there, too. And I think Josh Allen has a good... another good outing. And, I, like I said, I think... Like I had the Titans, I had the, uh, the Bills winning. If either you know, the Titans didn't have that crazy week that they're having, so <laughs> don't be surprised if this isn't being the blow-up. That'll be nationally on CBS. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to... the NBA Finals. Will LeBron... A.D. And the Lakers, and it's night. Half our field is set for the C- LCS series in baseball, and so great college football match. Joseph said someone might be affected by the weather. We'll, go, yeah. you know, we'll be right back with more Second Season Sports Zoom style right after this. All right, folks, welcome back to another edition of, of Second Season Sports Zoom style.
2: Boom style
1: Boom style. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm Lakina McGee. You follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the Instagram.
2: You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott69 on Instagram and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter.
0: You can follow yours truly Sid the Kid on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow this show, Sega City Sports, along with our other program from War Media by simply um, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Take five. <laughs> uh, you can follow uh, live, live podcasting, post live podcasting. Uh, you can follow this program, Sega City Sports, part of War Media. Uh, ser- simply searching for War on Inger, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you download Second City Sports and War on Anchor. We're also on iHeartRadio. Please download the iHeartRadio app. When you do, please type in the search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. In your search engine box on YouTube, just type in War Media, and you can watch our lovely faces do fine programming like now. You're watching us right now, right? Voila, you can see our lovely, beautiful faces.
1: All right, a quick note though, on week five. This The first part of the bye weeks starts on Sunday. The Lions and the Packers are out. So if you have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, um, Matt Stafford, or Kenny Galloway, I mean, you better sit them for your fancy purposes, just saying. All right.
0: And also, too, this is for Lamont. Uh, his, his guy, Dick Stott, that will not be calling games this weekend for Fox. He has the week off.
1: Okay. <laughs> so he has a bye week. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so <laughs> on that oh. note, uh, the NBA Finals, game five. The Lakers can end it tonight. They're actually going to be playing the in the Mama jerseys. They've they played very well. I think they're undefeated, and they've actually played their best games wearing the Mamba jerseys. So do you guys think it ends tonight?
2: Um, I, I hope so. I mean, why why continue to put us through the frustration? Take us out of our misery. Put it, get it over with. Let us move on to next year and see can they defend the title in a full season against four people and we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm not going to say that this is a hand wrapped series for them. I like Jimmy Butler's confidence. He say they still in it and in his head, they probably are, you know? So it's like Hopefully, as as Jason would put it, the gentleman sweep happens tonight. I'm quite sure they're gonna have the champagne at tonight, regardless.
0: I think for the Miami Heat, uh, what brings them confidence into a game five situation is what happened in game four. They were in it uh, throughout the whole game. Uh, Jimmy Butler did his did his thing with 22 points. Tyler Hero uh, contributed as well as uh, as well as Duncan Robinson shooting the threes from the outside. They were in that game the whole way. The Lakers came up with big plays down the stretch, in particular Anthony Davis and LeBron James. LeBron James almost had another triple-double with 28 points, 12 rebounds, along with eight dimes. For the Lakers, uh, for them to win in game five, they they will have to come out more dominant and and establish the inside play, especially with Anthony Davis early. You cannot depend on LeBron James. If you depend on LeBron James, it's going to be trouble, and you will give – Miami, he just that much more confidence, as you mentioned, Lamont, with how Jimmy Bell is carrying him. So, and his belief within his teammates, so for the Lakers, they just had to establish their style of play early, in particular, Anthony Davis. Because, as we said before, uh, during this series and during this whole playoff run for the Lakers, if you depend on LeBron to carry you, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. And also, too, Mike Caruso and Kyle Kuzma, can they come up big one more time? to end this in,
1: in game five? Lamas?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't, I, I mean, like I've been saying the whole time, Anthony Davis is the best player on that team. He the reason they will win it. He the person that has to carry them over the threshold, even though the blind <clears throat> don't realize, he's going to get all the credit. But Anthony Davis is the reason that they winning and the reason that they will win. Now, if he comes out and plays a subpar game, then they probably will lose a game. But Jimmy Butler just don't have enough help to get the job done. I mean, when it all boils down to it, he don't have enough help to get the job done. So I think it probably will end the night. I think LeBron is, what, 79% or something in closeout games. So – I think he will He will probably close it out and they will go on to talk about how he's the greatest in the game and he's led three to championships and all of those other things that people say that want to put him at the top of the heap. But it's just another season. I mean, the Miami Heat has had a great year. They've done what nobody thought they could do. I think them losing Goran Dragic really took all of their chances of winning out of it because he was their leading scorer. And he was the the second most, I think, tendered veteran on that team other than Iggy. So, you know, it's it's it was a good run. So I look for the Lakers to end it.
1: Yeah, I think the Lakers will end it tonight too. I think like I said, the Mama jerseys, they always play better. They have the most dominant performances with the mama jerseys, you know, got the four Kobe mantras already trending. So, and I think LeBron wants to end it tonight. I'm sure for his own, uh, for his own sanity, and also AD too. So, I, I think they're gonna, if they pounce on the heat early, they're very hard to beat. So, this would be, I think, this would be what the 12th or the 13th title overall for the Lakers. I'm not sure. I'm sure we'll, we'll see if it does happen tonight. But uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think the Lakers will win that. They, I would be surprised if they don't do it in dominating fashion.
2: Now, you know what I don't think? I don't think they both stay there. If they do win it tonight, I think one of them ain't going to be there next year.
0: Lamont's conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to to ask you guys this question. Should the Lakers wrap it up in game five or somehow if, if it goes to a game six or, heaven forbid, if your Lakers fan it goes to a game seven, which I don't think is going to get get that far, but – Assume that the Lakers wrap it up in game five or in game six or Sunday. And, and if Anthony Davis has a dominating performance, do you do you guys give him the NBA finals MVP over LeBron James? McKenna, I'll start with you.
1: I think yeah, I think I think kinda of have have to or maybe but I would be surprised if they do co MVPs. They probably won't do it, but I think that's probably the most logical thing to do. I mean, look I and mean, LeBron you know, picked up the slap when, you know, A D had a bad game. A D was dominant LeBron has a bad game. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if they there is a lobbying to do a co and co finals MVP, right? I think that's only happened like once in the history of the finals. So I I would I wouldn't mind a, a co cool MVP, but I, if I had to pick one, I probably would say LeBron more than AD because AD didn't have his best game in Game Five, and LeBron actually did have a pretty good game in Game Game. Uh, I mean, a Game Four, I should say. So I think, no. yeah. So I, I think I think that they LeBron will probably get it. They, they, if they get it to LeBron, they
2: are gonna almost assure Anthony Davis to leave in that city next year. I'm telling you. Anthony Davis should get it because he's the reason that they won it. And he he should get it because of that. LeBron has been LeBron, so to speak. But I don't I don't think he should get the MVP. I think it's AD because AD is the reason they're winning. Like, if AD wasn't on the court, I believe if AD's gone and they play with LeBron, they lose. But if LeBron leave, I believe they could actually win still with AD in the game. That's I kind my, of
0: uh, – yeah, I'm kind of with you on that, Lamont. If, if LeBron James is not on that team and uh, everything stays the same and LeBron James is not on that team, the Lakers are still a, a good team. They are a playoff team. Are they a championship team? Probably not, but they will be knocking at the door. If Anthony Davis is not on the team, everything stays the same. The Lakers are still a good team, but they're still not a championship team either. Oh, that's right. We found that out last year when LeBron was hurt. Look what happened. So that's proof all you need right there. But I'm kind of with Laquina. I wouldn't mind seeing co-MVPs. But if Anthony – should the Lakers close it out in game five and Anthony Davis has a dominant performance, I would give it to Anthony Davis. But for some reason, uh, some media people are biased and they are human. They'll probably just end up giving it to LeBron James anyway uh, and say, hey, okay, here's your uh, fourth title overall. Here's your third with a different franchise. Okay, you're the best player in the game. Here's our makeup." award for not giving you the regular season MVP. Here's your finals MVP. Go away.
1: <laughs> That's how I see it. Right off into the sunset. And it, look, it was a surprise if yeah. LeBron decides to retire after this. I mean, look four, look, four NBA titles Look with three different franchises. Nobody's ever done that, so mm-hmm. yeah. There's some sense He's not
2: going to get six. He's not, not going to get six.
1: Well, I'm sure he. know well, I'm sure even he'll. he I'm sure he'll admit it now. I mean, look, his. You can tell his body's starting to kind of break down. You know, he's 35. He's been playing in the NBA since he was 18. So, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. he might not. He might not have. He might not have any incentive to do it anymore. If, if they if they end up winning. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll talk more about this on Monday with Jason. Um, going to the MLB playoffs. It's all set. The LCS is all set on the National League side. It'll be the Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Okay, Braves sweep Braves the Marlins, something that the Cubs couldn't do. Uh, and the Dodgers swept the Padres. You know, they just they just hammered them. Like, look, I think the Dodgers are on a mission. Look, I know Ronald Acuña Jr. and Freddie Freeman, and they got a pretty good pitching staff, but I think the Dodgers are out for blood. This will go six games, but I got the Dodgers winning. And I, and I think that – I think they know that this is their chance to do it and they need to do it this year.
2: Yeah. I, I'm going with you, Lucana. The Dodgers, they've they been they – playing like they on a mission. And I think that's because of one player, Mookie Betts. I think those years when the Dodgers was getting close and they would lose it, they didn't have a Mookie Betts. They didn't have that it. Mookie Betts is an it. And he brings it to the field every time he go on the field. And I think the Dodgers have that it this year. I'm just hoping that the team in the AL can meet him in the World Series so we can see history.
0: Shout out to Cody Bellinger, the Dodgers outfielder, sometimes first baseman. He had the incredible catch to rob Fernando O'Tetis Jr. in Game 2 uh, during that Game 2 victory the other day. Uh with that being said, Lamont I'm with you. We talked about it all year. Uh, Fernando Tatis and Moogie Betts are your one, two MVP voting for the National League. Like and like you said, Lamont, Moogie Betts, this is for his this is his time to shine, and everybody else follow him. The Braves, they got past what happened to them last year in the divisional round, being embarrassed by St. Louis, especially in game five in their backyard. They sweat the Marlins uh this year, unlike the Cubs, like Blackina mentioned. I think they will show up. I think they have learned their lesson. I think they'll give the Dodgers a scare, but I don't think it's going to be enough to upset them. I'm not, I'm not saying the upset can't happen, but uh, I, I just, I, I just don't see it. I'll be rooting for the Braves personally. I don't hate the Dodgers, but I like that Braves roster. I, I, I think they'll give everything they have to, uh, to meet the challenge to the Dodgers, but that's should. The Dodgers should win this series in five, but I'm, with I'm going in with the in six. And I usually, I'm not trying to be nice here, but I'm, I'm giving the Braves an extra win in this series. But the Dodgers <laughs> should win this in five, but I wouldn't be surprised if it would go six.
1: Yeah, and like, and like Lamont said, I mean, Mookie L- L- Betts is a big difference here. And I think having him there, I think kind of gives him the stability. And he has won with the Red Sox, so I think that helps sort of get the mindset going, get the confidence going. So like, it looked like- you know Go they ahead. look for winner. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I, I don't think look. And bad. also, that Atlanta team is really good. So like I said, that's why I'm giving them two games. And also
0: to pay attention to that Dodgers bullpen, Keeling Jansen, who has had his problems closing the last couple of years, including this year. I know he caught COVID before the season started. Started. He's okay now, but he wasn't used in the last two games of that Padres series. It's going to be interesting to see how. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts will use Kenley Jansen if it's a tight game in the night. Will he go to him, or will he use him in the mop-up role, or will he use him in the setup
2: role? We shall see what
0: happens in this NLCS against the Braves.
2: At this point in his career, I think he's just happy to be used wherever he can. I don't think he's has the ego at this point to where he feel like he got to be the close at this point. I think he want what's best for the team. He won a World Series title too, so. He understand what he's doing. Yes. He better have to add to or else.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll say, yeah, Kelly. Kelly's in the wings, like, hello everybody. I'm look, like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> Put me in, coach. Uh all right. And the AL half of it is sets. So you got the Houston Astros. Uh yay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay. they're, they're, they're just now, uh, I mean look I mean, like, they're look, they're they're just being petty like on the social media. I mean, like, what the heck really? Like, good grief. Uh, damn, darn you, Oakland A's. We were all, we all believed in you, but no. Uh, but uh, hey, who do you?
2: That Tommy LaStella getting hit by that ball hurt them. I think if he would have stayed in that game, they might have won.
1: Hmm. All right, all right. Um, who do you think wins the game this decider tonight? You've got the Yankees and Rays. They're tied at two.
0: I think, I think that the Yankees will take this one tonight. I know I predict that the Yankees are five. As I said, this series will go the distance. Shout out to Jordan Montgomery, who had a heck of a start for the Yankees in game four, and they shut down the Tampa Bay Rays early and often and uh, rolled this champion. Nice for him to show up in this series, huh? Uh, he, has, uh, he had a mop-up role uh, in, in the game four victory. Uh, what I expect in game five, I, I think it's going to be tight, but I think the Yankees will do enough just to come through. As I said before, as a fan, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay, but I think the whole baseball world, including the MLB executives and also Fox. I think Fox has the uh, ALCS this year. It's not them, it's TBS, but those TV executives, the MLB, all the head offices, wants the Yankees and the Astros one more time. But um, with that being said, I think the Yankees will uh, wrap it up in game five.
1: Yeah,
2: I think Toronto has fought hard. Toronto has showed up. And if Toronto won, it wouldn't be a shocker. Tampa. Tampa, you mean? I'm sorry, Tampa, yeah. But it wouldn't be a shock. It wouldn't be a shocker. It'll be, you know, they've been doing it all year, so to speak. But I'm going with the Yankees. But like Steve said, my heart is with them.
1: Yeah, I think the, I think the Yankees look that their backs are getting it together. Like you said, Jordan Montgomery had a, a big. I wasn't I wasn't confident he would be able to do what he did yesterday against mm-hmm. against the Rays, but he did. I mean, Garrett Cole gets starting slider. It'll be it'll also be Tyler Glasgow glass, no, I should say for the Rays. So it should be a good one tonight. I mean, could it? Will it be a pitcher's duel? Could it be a bats? I mean, but I think the Yankees pull it out. My gut's telling me the Yankees, and like you said, so that they TBS actually has the ALCS. So. I'm thinking the Turner people probably are going to want to see a Astros, Yankees, ALCS one more time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to happen. All right. College of football. We got a lot of time left still. So, some. okay, sort of like a mini studs and duds. Who are your studs and duds for week five in the college football?
2: Uh, let's see. Well, as
0: Lamar will get his thoughts together, Lakina, <laughs> you know me. Uh, college football isn't my thing, but there's one game I'm looking forward to, and that's on Saturday night. That's the University of the Miami Hurricanes against the Clemson Tigers. Of course, as our good friend Maggie Hendricks would say, "The hell with Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice story a couple years ago. He had Deshaun Watson knocking off Alabama. That was nice, but I'm kind of sick of him like I'm sick of Alabama. I am, for the game, I am ruined hard as hell for the for the U for the University of Miami. I know they have run the ball well this year They're at the top of college football in terms of yardage per game. I think over 270 yards uh, around that number. I know they had a big win against Florida State about a week or so ago. They just murdered Florida State. Uh, it seems like the squad is back now just like to a couple of years ago when they had an outside chance of playing for the national championship. I, I want to see if they can compete on a national station. This will be their test uh, against Clemson on the road against the national championship team. They're com- obviously this is a conference schedule type season, so I want to see how, how Miami competes
2: for sixty minutes. I, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna compete that well. <laughs> I mean they got a good quarterback right now and their team is being followed by him and led by him and they're following him but I don't think they're ready. They got too many holes, man. They're not ready to play Clemson like that. They're not ready for that.
1: And if this if, if this was in Florida, I think I would give them a puncher's chance, Miami. But that, that Clemson team's too good. <laughs> and, look, I think they'll keep it close because I think, like King King ha- is, is probably the best quarterback they've had in a while down there in Miami. But mm-hmm. that defense is on a mission. You know, that offense, you know, Trevor Lawrence is doing Trevor Lawrence things. And – I, look, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a blowout, but I don't think it's gonna be close. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll be interesting, though. But look, it's gonna be fun. Look, again, a nationally televised game, Saturday, tomorrow night on ABC. So this should be this look. It should be a fun one.
0: Yeah, I want to see the Miami defense get a couple of turnovers. I want to see the turnover chain. <laughs> well,
1: that, that's
0: we'll what I want to see. see. To be honest with you. We'll <laughs> <see>. <laughs> We'll see.
1: We'll see. I mean, look they Look, look Lawrence really makes mistakes, so we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to this one here in the ACC. You got V and Clemson. I mean, V and you, you, North Carolina, I should say. I mean, this, this should be a fun one here. So it's going to be in Chapel Hill. I think this should be a very interesting game because they they're very even, even you know their styles very even. So I'm looking forward to this one down in Chapel Hill.
2: Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a chance to watch Virginia Tech play this year yet, but I will be trying to peep in and check that one out. North Carolina, gonna, I mean, that's a game that's going to be played hard anyway, simply because of where it's at and the division that they're in. And I think all of those teams over there feel like they got a little extra something to prove, but them bringing in another team this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, the also you got the in Dallas, of course. The annual matchup in the Cotton Bowl down in Dallas. You have Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma has two losses. But I think, look, it's still, it's still the Cotton Bowl matchup. You got the annual. Look, there's no fair this year because of COVID. But it should be. Look, you throw, you know, you throw the records out, of win, out the window when these two teams play. So, this should be a fun one down in Dallas.
2: And, and that's what I'm thinking. I think Texas is going to – they might – I wouldn't be surprised if they lost a third game. I really wouldn't. You know, it's Texas. It's Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to come to play regardless. Even if ain't nothing on the line, they're going to come to play. So, if Oklahoma were to lose, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it, it wouldn't. Is it the
0: big news Saturday game on Fox, looking? It, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> like Lamont said, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Oklahoma lost again. But I know Texas, I know people expected many things out of the Longhorns this year. But somehow, some way you got to think that Oklahoma's got a rebound, correct?
1: You, you would, would hope, think. You would think. Yeah, if you're an OU fan, you're hoping. Because I'm sure people are going to be asking for Lincoln Riley's head if they don't. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think this is the type of game that they might not rebound in. You know what I'm saying? This is a big game. This is a – uh, it's kind of like when you in high school and you play against that one school that you hate. Whenever mm-hmm. they – it's always some fireworks. So, yeah, I mean, I would like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost it.
1: Speaking of the 11 a.m. Central Time games, you got a good one here in the SEC. You got Florida and Texas A&M.
2: Florida – I, I haven't seen a lot of, but I've seen Texas A&M. And I actually like them a little bit. I like Texas A&M a little bit. So I will be probably watching to see can they beat Florida. Like I said, I haven't watched Florida a lot yet this year, but I will be trying to catch it if I can. Like, I try to watch at least five of them games on uh, Saturday.
0: Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Texas and bounce back. The last time I saw them, they got their heads blown off by Alabama a couple weeks ago. So uh, they had to play Florida, which is one of the top teams in the SEC every year, i.e. the Alabama conference. If I had to make a had to make a bet, I'm going with Florida.
1: Look, I've been I haven't I've been looking at Florida through, like guess, replay games. Kyle Pitts, <laughs> the big tight end. I think he leads the, among all tight ends right now in Division One with, with six touchdown catches. This guy's a stud. A lot of people are already saying he could be a top 10 pick. We'll see. This will be a fun one here, but I think Florida's defense, they got a couple of studs on defense too, so I wouldn't be surprised if this up being the blowouts. Should be a fun one there, as it usually is. Um, there's just a couple of initial notes here. You got LSU and Missouri. They're actually going to be moving that game to Missouri because –
2: yeah, that's what I was down, gonna.
1: Yeah, Hurricane Delta's going on right now, it's getting pounded right now. That was, now. My
2: that was Go ahead, when, you had, when you had asked about my dude. That that was my one dude. I was like, they're gonna move the LSU game. And and I mean, LSU do let fans in their games now, I think they let letting like 30,000 in or so. So, them moving that game to Missouri LSU. Need to win this game, and they need to look good if they want to try to make it into that top 20 at all. If they go down there and show up poor, it's going to be bad news for my value boys.
1: Another good one here in the SEC, you got Tennessee and Georgia. I know you're looking forward to that one, Lamont.
2: Yes. I'm saying this is the game that we find out if Tennessee is real. This is that game. Now, we've been on Tennessee back for a couple of years. I mean, if Jason was on, he'll probably be saying it right now, too. So, this is the game. This is their measuring stick. You know how we had spoke earlier in the baseball season about that White Sox game being their measuring stick? This is their measuring stick to see if Tennessee's program is back, headed with a projected arrow up. So, uh, I will be watching this game closely to see if they're back or will they just fall apart and continue to be – a stepping stone in the SEC.
0: I think it's going to be a close game than what people give it credit for, but I expect Georgia to make some plays down in and pull it out, and be a field goal at the end, but I expect that to win about between five or seven points.
1: Yeah, I agree. So this will, this, will, this should be a really fun one here. I like I like what they're doing down there in Tennessee. Um, let's see another one. Oh, you think Florida State could upset Notre Dame?
2: Nope. No. <laughs> <Florida> State- <laughs> That's gonna be It'd be game. great,
1: but I
0: don't. I don't expect it.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about Ole Miss in Alabama? A lot of people were saying this could. They, the Alabama should be on upset alert.
2: Yeah, they should be.
1: I like that and defense. They, I like that defense down there yeah. in uh, Oxford.
2: And they got a coach. Yeah. So they got a coach that <laughs> know a
1: little bit about that coach. You know. <laughs> so. You know, Look, you know, Lane Kiffin had this game circled when he got the. coach. Okay, when do I play Alabama? Oh, here we are.
2: I've seen him on the network yesterday talking. He said as soon as he got hired, that was the first person he called to thank him for the job because if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't have his start. So uh, he was uh, being interviewed on the uh, Paul Feinberg show yesterday, and he was talking about how uh, it wasn't circled and it didn't mean such a big thing. But I think it do. And I think he'd love to be the one to hit them in the head and and get some extra noise and some extra attention on that old miss squad right now. So I will be checking that one out also.
0: When people said that it's not a big game, it's not personal. I know they trying to, those people are trying to keep their names out of the headlines. You know deep inside is personal. So this is no different right here.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm in agreement. And plus he needs it for recruiting too. I mean, you got Mike Leash down there in Mississippi State. Now you got Dion down there in uh, Jackson State. So you got to think he's going to get some of those recruits as well. So I think he
2: might steal a lot out of Florida. I think he's going to steal a lot of people out of Florida and bring them to Mississippi.
1: Hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, the name recognition, but we'll, we'll see. Should be interesting. Um, still a couple of COVID notes, I guess you can say. The FAU Southern Miss game, that's been postponed due to, I guess, there was a, there was a COVID outbreak down in FAU. And also, Les Miles, the Kansas coach, had tested positive.
2: Yeah, it.
1: That. So that that's yeah, that that's unfortunate. But he's feeling better, so that's good news there. And Baylor has had to halt uh, practices and all football activities because of COVID. There was, I guess, like one of the, the personnel folks, I guess, down there tested positive. So it, of course, this is going to be kind of like nature of the beast. So for everybody that's trying to get like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten to come back this is what you're going to be dealing with. So I hope you guys, I hope people are ready for this. Cause this is going to be the thing that you're going to have to deal with for basically the whole season.
2: Well, Lovey, Lovey say his team ready to go at the drop of a hat. Lovey say they ready to go. So if the big 10 come back, he say, look for Illinois to make some noise.
0: Yeah, I know that big 10 is supposed to be back in a couple of weeks. So like you said, we're, We'll see what happens there. You, you, you should learn if you're the Big Ten Conference. You should learn uh, what the mistakes or uh, potential mistakes that these other conferences have, have made, so your your protocol, safety protocols before COVID, can go smoothly as possible.
2: When you see the SEC say they're not playing with the COVID, you mess up if you want to. The SEC, they they dish, they dishing out harsh fines and suspensions if, if they break their rules.
0: That's the way the Big Ten should operate.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, Greg, Look, like I said, Greg Shane doesn't mess around. So, like, I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not surprised that he's, you know, he's gonna, he's, he's kind of put an iron fist in and say, look, don't you, don't y'all, don't y'all try it, don't you do it, y'all better. Agree, these protocols. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, be wear that mask, born? Okay, I better, better <laughs> wear that mask. He actually talks like that, too. Oddly enough, he actually does talk a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't have that, like, that, deep, that deep southern voice, but uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> not worse than that LSU coach. I promise you, I don't be knowing what he'd be saying half the time. So, yeah,
1: American is football, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, I don't like I think he need a translator for it. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, Good grief. Um, all right. Um anything else, you know, we're done kind of early. So any like any other like thoughts, predictions for anything? Me... You know what? Oh, you know what, so we forgot to mention we got to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup.
2: And then oh, yeah, Tyler Johnson. <laughs> then they released Tyler Johnson after they won the cup. Huh? I guess they said thanks for the memories or something. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> yeah, congrats. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations
0: to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning their second Stanley Cup in franchise history. Of course, this, is their thir- this was their third trip to the Stanley Cup final. Of course, uh, five years ago, the Blackhawks uh, did the men in six games, and this time they eliminated the Dallas Stars a couple weeks ago to end the 2020 season. Um, the, while we're on the, on the subject of, of hockey, Lakina, thank you for bringing this up. Uh, Corey Crawford was notified on Thursday in a quote-unquote emotional meeting with Blackhawks GM Stan Bowman that um, Corey Crawford would not be back. Of course, Corey Crawford has had a heck of a career with the Chicago Blackhawks with two Stanley Cups going back to 2013, Mm -hmm. which he should have been the playoff MVP, but I digress from that. And he has another ring from the 2015 season. Uh, You could argue he's if not the best goalie in Hawks history only because of his two Stanley Cups, of course, you have Ed Belfour, who was great with the Blackhawks in the 90s. Of course, he had to leave Chicago to win his Stanley Cup with the Dallas Stars in 1999. Of course, you had Glenn Hall back in the day. Yep. And you had Tony Esposito back in the 70s. So uh, Corey, Crawford, uh, Corey Crawford is up there as the top five goaltender in Hawks history for sure. So I, just, I, I said this on Twitter yesterday. Uh, thank you, Crawford, for all the memories you helped bring the Blackhawks to prominence back in the 2010s with the three Stanley Cubs, of course. Crawford has, two. He wasn't part of the first one because he was in their minor league system back in 2010. But the, right. he's had, had a heck of a career. I know some Hawks fans didn't appreciate him because he wasn't flashy. I know he dropped a few uh, bombs during the last two championship rallies. But outside of that, um, I hope Hawks fans who didn't appreciate him in that really look at his resume and look back at some of those games that, the Hawk, that he played in in the net for the Hawks. and really appreciate what he did for the Hawks. As we talked about on this program, we had Pat Boyle from NBC Sports Chicago on about a, a month ago, prior to that series against Las Vegas Golden Knights, which ended up losing their five games. Corey Crawford was the reason why they the Hawks only won that one game in that series. So you need a goaltender that, that can steal you a game or two in the playoffs. He did that, including – this past season against the Vegas Golden Knights with their long victory in this series. I know uh, Corey was battling COVID this last go around, but he, he answered the bell. So if the one thing I want Hawks fans, especially the ones that didn't appreciate why he was here, though one thing I want Hawks fans to take away from Corey Crawford's career was, through the concussions and the injuries, he answered the bell. Of course, his rookie year 2011, of course, the Hawks lost in seven games to the Vancouver Canucks. It wasn't because of Corey Crawford's fault. He answered the bell as a rookie. He struggled in 2012 along with the rest of the roster, but he came back in 2013 along with the now late uh, great Embry. Uh, they had a, a great
1: yeah, they were yeah, those two were great. And helped yeah.
0: the Hawks the uh, 2013 Stanley Cup. So uh, just want Hawks fans to know, especially ones that didn't appreciate them. Corey Crawford answered answered the bell when he had to. So I, you cannot knock the man's resume for what he did for this franchise. So every time he was knocked down, he got back up, he shook it off, and he gave everything he had on that ice. So thank you, Corey Crawford, salute and uh, congratulations on the great career in the Hawks uniform. If he continues to play, good luck to him wherever he goes. He's had a heck of a career.
2: That was gonna be my next question. Do you think he's going to go somewhere else or do you think he's going to, like, sit down? And do you think these young boys that they're talking about, uh, they, told, they told, you know, they said in the meeting, they told them they want to go in a younger direction at goalie. You think them young boys ready to get in there?
0: I don't think that that those, uh, I know you referenced Colin Delia, who, who was brought up a couple years ago, but he quickly got figured out and he's not ready yet. I know he's, he had a nice year in Rockford this year. Of course, the Hawks had to go in a younger direction, one, because of that salary cap situation, and number two, because of the aging veterans they still have left from the previous Hawks' uh, core teams uh, from their dynasty teams. So uh, that's why Sam Bowman said what he said. Uh, I just want people who don't follow hockey that much, even the people who follow hockey, everybody thinks, oh, picking up a starting goaltender is easy. No, 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 no. Starting goaltenders, especially at an elite level like that, like a Henry Lundqvist who got picked up by the Washington Capitals earlier today. Good for him. Uh, uh, um, with gold, special goaltenders like that and like Jonathan Quake in his prime when he was with the Los Angeles Kings, those goaltenders are hard to find. They're like starting pitchers in baseball, like a Chris Sale, who I know who was hurt this year for the Red Sox. They're like Steven Strasburg, uh, those diamond in the rough kind of guys. Those are hard to find. It's not so much the skill set. You have to have the skill set, but it's more between your ears. Are you mentally and emotionally ready? So finding good goaltending in hockey is not easy. It's just like starting pitchers in baseball. You you just got – not just got to have the skills, obviously, but you got to have the mental ability. And and that's what separates uh, the good ones from the great ones.
1: Yeah, I – yeah, look. I mean, look. Shout out to Corey Crawford. Like you said, he helped win – when the Hawks two Stanley Cups I think like I said I don't think he was very appreciated here I think he was very underrated here and look Mm -hmm. I mean it's not very hard I I was texting with our our good friend Rachel Kovacek who does this great hockey podcast so as you'll know the the interviews in our page so you know it's out there Mm But uh, she said, look, she said she doesn't think they're going to be able to get anybody because they got rid of Subban. Like you said, you know, Max is not ready. So. Yeah, they brought
0: him back for – they brought him back today.
1: Oh, they did? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see. Maybe he and Max can ballot out to get that starting goalie. I don't know. But she doesn't think they're gonna, they, the Hawks going to be able to get anyone. So we'll see. I mean, Lundquist was a long shot at her. we get Lundquist. No, like, they, they got to pay him a lot of money. Plus, he ended up going to, to, to D.C. So, like, I don't know. It's, it, I think it depends on what, what direction the Hawks are trying to go go here if they decide that they want to maybe perhaps go for it one more time to appease um Taze and Kane maybe they'll go with get, maybe they pick up a veteran guy who's on the market right now Hockby is out there maybe I don't know but well he
0: just got picked up he just got picked up by the Vancouver Canucks today so
1: okay well then he's out so I was thinking
0: think about Brayton okay. Hope, but like the former Washington Capitals goalie now he's got he got picked up by Vancouver earlier oh, well. today. That oh, well, team so- is headed in the right direction. You yeah. saw what they did against St. Louis in the playoffs. So for the Hawks, you, you, uh, your options are limited, one, because of your salary cap. And number two, I know I, I read a report that they, they were in trade uh, talks with Vegas in terms of uh, perhaps maybe getting Marc-Andre Fleury. He wouldn't be a bad option. But
1: who would you though? send to
0: Vegas? I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's say, i us say. Do they know. have the assets though? That that's gonna be the thing. Exactly. Like, do, do you want to? If you want to bring back some somebody, like, I'll be all for that. But again, do you have the assets? You're probably gonna need a couple of guys from down in Rockford to perhaps maybe you may have to send one of your top guys from there. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Again, you know, shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm happy for Victor Hedman because he's a guy that came from there. You know, they you know from the ground up. Him and Steven Stankos. I'm happy for those guys. Yeah. So shout out to Sam,
0: Sam yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and also it also Hedman who ended up winning MVP. So I'm I'm happy for those guys. I'm happy for the people in Tampa. Look, they they look they had a, a, an embarrassing <laughs> embarrassing elimination last year. So the fact that they were able to come in a bubble and not look they were knocked against the wall a couple of times, but they were able to kind of get back into it and win it. So good for them. And we'll see what the Hawks do. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: Any like final thoughts? Uh, it's it's an interesting night. My
2: my my, my sports night is gonna be uh, full. I guess you got the finals. You got the uh, baseball. You got the basketball. You got uh WWE draft tonight. They had a draft tonight, so that's <laughs> gonna be. Interesting. You know they trade. You know every year they have a draft when they send people from different shows or whatever. Mhm. And that's on Fox tonight. Because you know that's one of Fox's biggest shows. So Friday Night Smackdown is is carrying Fox right now. So they loving Fox. And they show the replays on FS1. So, how-
0: I'm looking forward- Yeah. I'm looking forward to the NBA Finals. Can LeBron James and the Lakers wrap it up in game five? Or will the Heat uh, force a game six? And also I'm looking forward to the first NFL Sunday without the Chicago Bears. Hopefully there'll be some great games, so hopefully nothing else will happen in, turn, in this way in terms of any new positive test for COVID in terms of these players for, for the uh, NFL.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to see if Sophia Kennan could win the French Open. This will be her second Grand Slam this year, and I think this will solidify her as the next big star in tennis. If you're NBC, you're hoping that you get an Nadal Djokovic final. <laughs> I think tennis yep. fans have earned it. Have earned it. They, they want it, and you're going to get a pretty good rating. Um, I'm looking forward to see if LeBron and AD can, and the Lakers are finished off tonight. Um, the baseball, we'll see if the Yankees and Rays can, you know, we'll see who gets out of there and ends up playing the Astros. Um, like you said, Sid, you know, no Bears, but that's actually a good thing for me because I don't have to go bananas and now I can concentrate on watching <laughs> the other games.
2: Hey, and, the Saints plan this weekend, so that's always a good thing to watch.
1: <laughs> also uh, the college football i want to see if miami's for real we'll see if they are it's gonna be a tough oh. test but it'll be it should be it'll be entertaining i think so i don't think it's gonna be a blowout but i think i think Miami will i think Miami will, will keep it close i'll say that all right and on that note you can follow me at kina mcgee on twitter at kina underscore mcgee on the instagram
2: you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott16 on Twitter.
0: You can follow yours truly on Twitter in the Insta, as the kids would say, at SickKid80. Once again, at sidkid 80 That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. And you can follow this podcast along with our other uh, programming from War Media. Simply add War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you uh, search for War on Anchor. Also, we're on iHeartRadio. Please download the iHeartRadio app. When you do, please type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube. Type in your search engine box on YouTube, War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media. And you can watch our podcast, Second City Sports, along with all the podcasts, podcast program for war media you can see all over your faces, so like you watch it right now
1: voila all right so enjoy the sports everybody it's supposed to be nice this weekend too so enjoy the weather wash your hands keep your distance and be good to each other for the guys on the can this Miss second city sports zoom style and we'll see you Monday
0: till next time
1: holla